0: You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdTonowmedia.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's now time for our main event. Take a trip back in time to the golden era of the wrestling world with your host, Chris Tetralt-Blay. welcome to Once Upon a Turnbuckle.
1: Welcome to another very special episode of Once Upon a Turnbuckle and I'm continuing my dive into the Reach Wrestling camp. Obviously we started with Jason King. The next natural way to go I suppose is not only with his tag team partner but one of the rising stars of of Reach Wrestling and the reigning Reach Academy champion, Jordan Sparks. Welcome to the show mate.
0: Happy to be here, thanks
1: for having me. Ah, no worries, no worries. We, we, We eventually got here so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few technical hitches. That's but, why you know, I Say no more. This is the beauty of this kind of thing. It's all about um, the journey, isn't it? It's about all, the journey. Absolutely. At least it's not been a physical journey. We've not actually had to spend any miles. Oh, yeah, you know, which is brilliant. <clears throat> and, um, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for coming along. I I'm, I've been really enjoying my. Um, you know, this podcast started off really as as my memories of the wrestling era that I grew up with, and it's you know this year it's morphed into something even bigger and i've i've managed to to talk to some great people great promotions along the way here in the uk um a real sort of to me an untapped resource i didn't really know you know the breadth of of what existed in terms of you know british indie promotions um so i'm i'm really looking forward to kind of finding out more firstly about your relationship with wrestling your journey as it were Um, so i guess the natural place to start off where and when did you discover wrestling going right back to the beginning before you ever thought about being in the wrestling room yourself? Where did it start, right?
0: Okay, so, um, the start of wrestling for me, um, was I've got an older brother, um, he watched you know all the Auntie Dara stuff, he was you know, um, in school when WCW, you know, uh, the Money Night Wars, you got yeah. Nitro and you know, Raw going head to head, he was around uh, back then, so um. You know, I already had that sort of um catalyst, hmm. you call it, and then um, after that, um, I you know got a little bit older, I was, I was only in uh first school, so I was only in primary, and um, I had two videos that I would just watch back to back. Uh, it was No Way Out 2003 and Royal Rumble 2003. Okay, and I just spend. honestly, I come, I go to school, come back put those two videos on back to back you know obviously uh you know back then I had all sorts of toys I could do suplexes on and stuff like that <laughs> I was I was you know already practicing from a young age you could say but yeah um 03 was like the year that I loved the most and that was the year that I just followed just religiously so mm-hmm. the first time that you know people may have seen a Wrestlemania i seen no at 2003 and i seen you know my favourite match back then was Triple H versus Scott Steiner. As bad okay. as it sounds, that was, like, back then, that was, like, for me, just seeing two big guys like that yeah. just collide. I was just so enamoured with it. And, um, obviously, Raw Rumble 2003, you got Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just my first introduction to actually, like, good, like, technical wrestling. That's, that's, um, that's a hell yeah. of an introduction, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah exactly. that's cool. Two, that's cool. Two, two workers like that, you know what I mean? But... Yeah. Um, those two, those two were really what probably built the foundations for me. Then eventually watching, um, obviously like Raw, um, just on the telly, just like from you know '07. Yeah. I I can remember watching people like Trevor Murdoch and Lance Cage for the okay. tag titles. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like workers like these. You know, like uh, it, it's it's just that that was my sort of introduction to wrestling.
1: Cool. Oh, and I'm nodding, and that's not an era that I actually watched at the time. I know the guys. Kind really? of, I kind of got the the idea of what was going on, I suppose. But, yeah. But you know, I, uh, I, I guess it's a lot like me. Yeah, I've got my favourite matches, favourite events. I started off with, and they're still with me today. They're ones that I would really go back to. And yeah. um, interesting, you bring up Triple H and Scott Steiner. I know that their rivalry at the time, I mean, since has been really panned for, you know, not living up to expectations. Oh,
0: it was bad. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like, like looking at it now, like, yeah. in like you know, now that I know what I know now, looking back at it, I'm like, fuck, those were like yeah. some <laughs> real stinkers of some matches. But,
1: good memories, you know, when, when,
0: when you're younger, you know, like everyone's got their, you know, Hogan versus Warrior, you know, yeah. all those kids seeing Hogan versus Warrior, that was like, you know, monumental for me, seeing yeah. Scott Steiner and Triple H, like such big dudes like that, like what mm-hmm. was actually in the match was terrible, but the build up to it, yeah. the build up was, in my opinion, just stellar. It was like one of the best things it I've was, seen yeah. in a while. And then, the match eight, just didn't. You know, he's nursing an injury. So Scott Steiner. Yeah. So yeah. like the it's match was bad, but it's a big physical brawl, which is what yeah. you know, which
1: I like. See, I I never got into the big popper pump version of particularly when he went to WWE because I grew up with Scott Steiner as one half of the Steiner brothers. Oh, of and course. Yeah. That will that will always be obviously the version I prefer. Um. Did, did, have you gone back to his sort of early stuff? Have you watched much of oh, that? Yeah. So I've appreciated them in a the new light since then.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My um, so obviously um I knew of Scott Steiner from like '03. So I look back and I see that he was part of the Steiner brothers. He was mm-hmm. brought up there. And Rick Steiner. You know, he's he's huge. Like they were both two big dudes, and yeah. like you know they were going New Japan, WCW, WWF. They worked everywhere. You know. Yeah. yeah. So I look back and watch him. And I just think like it's so crazy to think that they're they're almost like two entirely different people, you know That's, what I mean? Yeah. And like, for me, as much as I love watching their tag wrestling stuff, like, Big popper Pump for me is just, you know, his charisma, like his, yeah, yeah. you know, off the chart, he, like, it, it surprises me that, like, they tried to make him a face going into, like, they tried to make him the good guy it's, in the, in the few, work, like, you can it? You yeah. can. Like, look at him. How can yeah. you how can you not boo that guy? You exactly.
1: Know? And when he turned, like initially in WCW, when he started that, it was shocking anyway, because I'd never known him as a bad guy. Yeah. You know, he had a couple of hints that he might have gone that way in like 91 or something. But, you know, it would, the fact that he full on turned there, it's like I felt betrayed. Yeah. You know, but he's one of those that did create a character which really you could see had he remained what he was before, he wouldn't have got the heights where he did. So he, it's, it's one of those no, changes. Yeah, exactly. To...
0: Like he wouldn't have yeah he wouldn't have got the world title at WCW or anything like that. He wouldn't have no. been a world like he wouldn't have been a world champion as much as I love him mm. as like, you know, uh, as much as I love him as a wrestler, you know, like as soon as he turned on that persona mm. and you know he started wearing like ridiculously tight clothes and he has okay. a blonde beach blonde hair I'm like it was almost like yeah. he was in like kind of like a uh you know superstar you know big rain sort of thing you know yeah, like yeah. he was always talking always jawjacking yeah. you know and for me that's just as soon as I seen that I like that character I was just in love with you know that's
1: cool that's cool so so as as it went on as your you know your interest and your fascination with wrestling kind of grew was there were there any any other superstars that you sort of connected with or that really sort of inspired you in a way?
0: Uh yeah. So there's there's a few there's like a plethora of like, you know, wrestlers that I've I could say that I've definitely used their material, you know what I mean? Right. Like okay. um not so much back then growing up, but like very, very like my, like after I started my wrestling journey, I started looking back like the like world class championship wrestling, oh, yeah. like way, way back. So yeah. you know, I was looking at the 80s and yeah
1: um
0: a lot of their like materials just like for me it's just ingenious. Like I'm looking at it, like wow, how has no one like like thought about like using this stuff again? You know yeah. what I mean? Like because yeah. history always repeats itself. Is, is is how I see things. So yeah. you know nothing nothing in wrestling is original. That's that's where I look at it. Oh, you no, know? I just
1: someone else said that to me. I I'd, I'd never thought about it like that. But yeah, yeah, you know everything's being sort of redone, even if it's been molded differently. Yeah, you know? but
0: um, gorgeous Gino Hernandez. For me, okay. like one of the like best workers, of, of, like of all time. It, it's a shame that he, you know, um, passed. But like, yeah. it like it, he didn't get his full time in the spotlight. I feel like I feel like he, he was just coming into his own, and he um he had those few years where he was just, you know, a uh, few with the Von Ericks, few with Chris Adams, and it was just oh, oh, like that that sort of stuff. Like um his head getting shaved, and he has to wear a mask, and he's saying you know and stuff like that like so you're saying uh, stuff
1: I'm not even aware of you know he's not a star that I really yeah. Know a lot about or delved into so yeah yeah okay. no
0: like like I, I didn't even know that much about by um, the Dark Side of the Ring documentary when I was oh. like oh of course, yeah, yeah. I, I watched that and then like I just like fell in love with the character as yeah. like a like he was a great promo uh he's a great worker in the ring and I looked at him and I was like wow like that's just that like, that's the sort of you know bad guy that yeah. you can love our like you have to hate him yeah so um you know i've I, i've looked at a lot of his material and you know i like to uh, i like to take inspiration from him especially that's
1: very that's that's really cool because obviously you know we'll we'll move about a bit here but i i, I want to sort of touch on your in-ring persona obviously you know you're a heel mm-hmm. um and i've over the years i have come to really appreciate more the heel side You know, I always used to think, you know, who would want to be, who would want to go up there and be booed and hated? Mm. And now I kind of think it may actually be the most fun side of it. Yeah. Would you you agree in that? Would you Do you think, um, it's not necessarily easier, but are you more comfortable with that side rather than going out and trying to be everyone's
0: favourite? Yeah. I love it. (laughs) I love being a bad guy. Like, it's just, there's just something about it where, like, I don't know, like, when you go out there and you get booed like that, like, it's just, oh, it just I just, it's so, it's almost like, not reassuring, but it kind of feels like if you've like achieved something cause yeah. you've made, like, it's, it's not harder to make people hate you, but to actually make them hate you instead of just like, you know, when people boo you, but yeah, they're yeah. only doing it because, you Just know, because you're like,
1: against the good guy, you naturally yeah. It, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but when they actually
0: like hate you, like that's when you're like, oh, I yeah. just feels so good, you know, and, um just like in a match just being able to just like pick out anyone in the crowd and just like talk at them directly you know like and on top of that I didn't I don't feel like I'm the most likeable guy <laughs> that's just me that's oh. <laughs> just uh, I, I just like the way that I talk and the way that I come across I kind of just feel like as if I'm just not not a very likeable person I've got a right. very you know and also it helps out my face a bit punchable. You know, I've got a lot of things going for me, you know, so it, it helps. Definitely.
1: You are quite arrogant. I will say that in the greatest <laughs> of respects. I mean, in the ring, I'm not saying right now, <laughs> but, you know, I've had this one. I've, I've seen, seen some of your stuff that was obviously up online. I, I got to see you live in Tavistock as well. Yeah. And sort of, I think you and Jason King, I think you were on first on that show. And it really yes. sort of set the tone for me of what to expect. And I thought you two worked so well together as that. And you were just antagonising. Yeah. It's, it's really easy to boo you because you just didn't want to see you win at all. Oh, oh um, yeah, for sure. So there you go, job done. Um, <laughs> was it when you when you first set off, um, was it your intention to be a heel? Did did you grow up wanting to be one? Or is it something that just naturally kind of progressed as you got into it?
0: Um, I'd say... So, obviously, when you know I was younger, I remember watching, um, as well as I had the 03 stuff, eventually I did, you know, uh, expand out a little bit. Yeah, uh, I had Royal Rumble 2006. So, the 06 Rumble had uh Ed versus John Cena, and I used to obviously, when you're a kid, you love John Cena, like I, like, I was, just, I, I thought he was the best. Yeah. I was like, he's so cool, and you know, he's doing the whole doctor of phugonomics thing, and then he switched to just being a over top face you know yeah i love that and then um obviously he, at that point he was feuding with edge now i hated edge I, like i despised edge but eventually as i like um grew up a little bit like i would look at the heels and i just think to myself like you know like they, they just seemed so like in a way obviously cool mm-hmm. like that was the whole thing I, I, at some point he would had to be cool to an extent yeah like you know to an extent i feel like as if Heels should just be corny, like they should be this stupid, <laughs> like over the top, like you know. Yeah. But sometimes they come off as cool, which I feel like is this that's where the appeal comes from. Yeah. I, I looked at, you know, all those heels and I thought, wow, yeah, these are you know starting to look pretty cool. Like mm. Edge being a radar superstar, that sort yeah. of stuff. He yeah. was like, you know, they helped with the whole Matt Hardy thing that helped it um where the really bad guy, but yeah. like you just like. You knew how good of like, a wrestler he was, but the stuff that he was doing and how he was antagonising the fans, as you said, like mm-hmm. that just, for me, um, set me on course where when I was wrestling, I did want to be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember messaging, um, you know, Jason plenty of times, talking about it. And he'd be like, yeah, well, the thing is, is and he was just winding me up as he always does. He always finds a way to wind me up. And he's like, yeah, well, the thing is, is you can't be a bad guy. And I'd be like, why? he goes, because... Cause, look at you who's gonna boo you <laughs> and he'd just say it like that and he just you know it's warm me up and i'd be so like oh i'd be like looking at myself like why can't i just be hateable <laughs> but, <laughs> but now look look exactly,
1: now? now look at you and did that drive you on to sort of like prove him wrong almost you think that was part, oh, of, yeah, the, sure. part of the um the, the motive behind it yeah 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 yeah
0: for sure that that was a motivator for sure but i was like okay i have to prove that i'm hateable in some way Like i have to prove <laughs> and uh it worked and it
1: works so um one thing i've always been intrigued with again with the heel i mean any really but i whilst doing this podcast i really tapped into one thing that i i missed when i was growing up i didn't in a sense i didn't realize how much i loved it and it was the talking aspect you had guys on commentary but you had the promos and i think i because i would have a video on in the background while i was doing something else I would listen to it more than i watched it for for many of the years so there were some guys that i really whenever they spoke i would stop and listen and they were mainly heels you know i think one i mean bobby heenan
0: oh i think
1: yeah having him on commentary was one of the best things ever as well as you know when he was at ringside he was amazing Mm -hmm. um but one of the other guys that i really even today will search for is jake roberts yeah, his delivery—it wouldn't have to change whether he was a face or a heel. He, it's just him, and mm. he could have the oh, same yeah. amount of threat in what he was saying. You know, whichever side he was. Um, the art of the promo. Um, how do you kind of build on that when you when you start off? Did you sort of have an element in you where you were fairly sort of theatrical in that sense and could talk, or is it something that you really had to put together? No. Oh, no,
0: like, I, I, I was really, really bad at first. <laughs> um, I, I, I've always had a knack for either uh, I can talk too quick or stumble over words yeah. or, you know, um, just at, sometimes I just go blank. But it's just, like, building on, I feel like it's just, it's just building on your character, you, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, just being, like, what would you Say in this situation if you knew what was going to happen is Mm. the way i look at it and um obviously the amount of times where i've just sat and just watched promos like i mean easy easiest example go to youtube type in greatest wrestling promos all time that's like a list of like 500 promos sit there (laughs) there and just put it on shuffle listen to everything they're saying back to back everything they're saying and how you would structure what you want to say Mm. but just put your own bits in where they're they're talking. Yeah. I just feel like as if over time, I, I, the more you're in front of the camera, the easier it is for you to talk and for you to relax. And the more that you relax and believe in what you're saying, yeah. that's when you know that what you're saying is going to be real and people are going to believe it. Hmm. Because there's no point being, you know, there's no point me being like Ultimate Warrior and you know, <laughs> screaming and, screaming and snarling did anyone and, understand
1: know, what he was saying?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, but wonder. people listen. <laughs> I know, probably
1: because they couldn't hear anything else <laughs> yeah. at the time, but you know, yeah.
0: yeah. But like yeah. that's the thing as well. Like everyone's got their own style. You know, you got yeah. the Jake Roberts, which rather than their pitch being all up here, it's very, very low. Yeah. And you have to, you know, he he, he brings it down to a center and you have to understand yeah. everything he says. Yeah, yeah. he has got control. Just like how um Chris Jericho he's he's always been great on the mic, but then when he comes back in 08 and he's wearing a suit and he's yeah. talking kind of the same way as jake roberts he's talking very low and sadistic mm-hmm. and he comes across very calculating mm-hmm. and he means everything he says rather than you know talking over the top and the eyes hurled of rock and roller and you know yeah, and yeah. on virtue stuff like that you know where he's going from like being that here which you're like ah, uh, you know we hate him but you know we love <laughs> to listen to him too yeah you know, everyone's turned to sharp, but then also eventually the crowd will just die down and they'll listen to what he's saying. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. got their own style, everyone's got their own character. So however you want to come across is up to you. But yeah. uh yeah, I got very comfortable in front of the camera. It helps being with Jace as well because he he can talk yeah. like all day if he really had to. Yeah. Um another thing as well is just doing promos like by yourself in a mirror. Okay. I feel like the more that you See yourself talking in a mirror, the more that you kind of get comfortable with, you know, because everyone hates to sound their own voice, mm. you know, like you, you hear it and straight away you're like, oh, God, I don't want to listen yeah. to this anymore. <laughs> or like, you know, something like that. But you have to listen to it and you have to yeah. understand what you have to improve on. Okay. So just making sure that, you know, you listen to yourself and how you're coming across, I feel like that helps a lot as well.
1: Cool. Okay. Might teach me a thing or two. I, I came to not, I came to tolerate my voice doing this. You're right. I absolutely hated it before. And then yeah. I realized I've got to listen to these episodes back and edit them at some point. So a year of doing that, I'm kind of like that. I don't know mm-hmm. if I could ever watch myself, but there we go. That's another thing. <laughs> um, So let, let's, let's kind of jump back a little bit um, to, you know, going from a fan as you were to, to wanting, to making that decision that you wanted to follow it and you wanted to get into wrestling yourself. Mm-hmm. when did that decision come and, and sort of what was then where did you go to start off what was your beginning of your journey looking like
0: so I'd say it started when I was in sixth, sixth form so I was in sixth form just you know uh, and I thought to myself um, I'm not going to get into university so I'm just going to you know I'm going to put out some applications and then before I'd sent them off I thought to myself hang on I've always wanted to at least give wrestling a go. Mm -hmm. So the way I looked at it was, I already had family in Plymouth anyway. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, what I'll do is I'll send out applications to places I do want to go, uh, like uh, like up in London and stuff like that. But one place in particular that I'm going to try for is uh, University of Plymouth or Plymouth Marjon University. Mm -hmm. One of those two will do, because I've been looking up online um, academies near like you know wrestling academies okay I've been looking yeah. them all up to see whereabouts they are how far away from the university it is just for convenience to make sure that if I go there I can at least say that I tried and I can okay. at least say that I gave wrestling a go yeah. so I thought to myself okay you know to send it off didn't think about it uh, eventually I got I, I got back a response and it was unconditional so regardless of what grades I got yeah. I'm in. I thought to myself, I have to take that one. I hadn't even looked at the other offers yet. Uh, I think nice. I had, like University like Leeds on there, uh oh, Twickenham, right. all these uh, I was like, no, like I'm gonna go with Marjon. Cool. I remember they're like, Oh, you haven't even let, 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 let's wait until the open day. I was like, nope, I'm going. <laughs> I I I don't care what well, it's like. And went there. Obviously, open day was great. Um, like I really like the campus anyway. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, well, I'm gonna, gonna go anyway, but yeah considering we're here i can now you know convince my family that i'm going to this university yeah um so yeah that, that's where it started for me i think i like watching nxt one day um uh, i believe it was like um just one of the nxt takeover i thought to myself i'm just gonna like while i'm watching this i'm just gonna check out if there's any wrestling schools nearby mm-hmm. and then um i think i've been when i was at university i know back and forward with uh, jason and grayson just to you know say oh when can I next come down that sort of stuff right um and eventually they're like oh yeah just pop down like one weekend just see what happens and then you know from there the rest was history I was awesome. so.
1: so how how long ago was, so how long's has it been then from to today from when you you made that first leap and actually like did your first training session
0: oh wow, uh, my first training session was um so it was October 2019 so oh, was- wow okay Basically
1: two years. Two years, wow! And so there's, it feels like there's a lot to discuss within that time frame. Um, yeah, because you're—I believe, if I've got this right—you made your debut during lockdown. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> quite an yeah. interesting thing to do, I will say. Well done. Uh, what yeah. was that like? You know, um, you, I, I'm guessing you didn't have any experience in front of a, a crowd before that. Uh, yeah. Without being part of it yourself, maybe.
0: Yeah. No, I had. Um... So, uh, so the lead up to the, let's say we started when I was first started training. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I went to a, it was my first time even seeing a show in the UK other than like, uh, so I, I think i seen like a strike show. Uh, I went to a, a, a strike show where Eddie Ryan was wrestling mm-hmm. and okay. I was like, oh, like, like this is cool because I, I hadn't kept up with the actual like uh, independent UK scene. Mm-hmm. So I seen Eddie Ryan was there. Um, I actually only went because my mate, uh, wrestled uh, from Swanage so I was like oh so I, I'll go and see how he's doing so right. I went there to that show to watch um, his name's Cameron Lovett. I went there and um, I was like oh this is actually like a pretty cool show you know it's uh, at Halo in Bournemouth so yeah. I was like yeah it's, you know pretty decent and um, fast forward a couple of years later my second ever just UK show uh, Reach Wrestling sure. and I was like oh this is you know this is even better than like you know we've seen before because i think Mm. the i think it it ended with um eddie and joel the main event that's really really good like main event and then um chai sterling came out won the reach heavyweight championship and um i was just like wow she's like you know really cool Mm. and um yeah and then from there transition from there to we were training between until eventually we all you Know why not just do unit 10? Uh, why not just do a YouTube show if right. it's in lockdown? Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I had absolutely no experience in front of a crowd whatsoever. Um, not even like I wouldn't even say like anything to do with like plays when you're in school. I I, I would never go on <laughs> up on stage and do like saying, play or yeah. anything. Yeah. I was just, um, I was a really shy kid when I was growing up. So then, um, this sort of stuff like wrestling and you know, um, going to the gym, stuff, like that I really helped. Uh, bring me out of my shell a mm. lot more than you know uh, anything else has. So yeah, yeah, it was a really really weird transition to go from uh, just like when you're at wrestling and you you know you're wrestling in front of your mates. Mm. That's completely different yeah. to when you actually because there's a lot more added pressure that you know it's gonna be online you know it's going to be there forever you know what i mean
1: i was just about to say that you know what are your memories of that first match but then again it's up there for prosperity anyway you know you can always refer back to it if you want to i, yeah. suppose. I
0: mean uh memories of it i was just really really nervous i remember when um jace told me that i debut i was i was like because you never truly know when they're gonna say yeah you're on so yeah. I was so originally there was a plan where um the summer where lockdown happened, um like a couple months later uh, from when it first started in March or April, I think. Yeah. A couple right. months later there was meant to be a big show in July. That was meant to be when my debut happened originally. It was meant to be right. just like just like a battle royal. Mm-hmm. So it was it's a lot easier in that in that respect. So you got so many other people in there with you. Yeah, you know, not like no one's gonna have all of their on you yeah. yeah, yeah. so that. you can kind of get used to it and get a feel of the being out in front of the crowd but instead uh it was on the unit 10 which um you know it's it's like a surreal feeling having so you have the crowd there but you know it's only such a small yeah. size compared to the audience of youtube and the audience of you know other platforms that we that we put out unit 10 on now so mm. it's it really is a weird feeling. But, you know, once it's almost like once you're in there, you like, like you don't get, you don't have nerves anymore. Like, yeah. as soon as you're in there wrestling, like it's just adrenaline at that point, It's you're not nervous the, anymore.
1: In the zone, as it were. Yeah. So, going then from that to your first show in front of a live audience, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Um, when was that?
0: So, um, my first live show for Reach was uh Exeter, so that was in July. I uh, was um yeah, it was me and Eddie Ryan, um in front of I think it was I want to say it was seventy five people. I'd say like okay. probably like 80, 80 people yeah. were there. But I will tell you what, like at that point, I was like that was when I was really nervous because it almost it was almost like it was building up. Like yeah. the build up to that was like really really nerve wracking because you think to yourself, I'm thinking. I really hope I've made an impression on the people in the crowd. And I hope that they've been watching Unit 10. Otherwise, yeah. you know, the worst thing for me is if they go out there and I get no reaction. Yeah, I go there and get no there. reaction. That's where I'm like, that's when I'd be getting more nervous and more worried about the match. Yeah. <laughs> think well, yeah. luckily I got a reaction they hated me so oh there you go. I was like oh thank <laughs> god
1: job <laughs> <Chopped> done again <laughs> yeah I, I can imagine that by that point because people have been starved of this you know um live action you know like you say even 80 people or whatever hmm. they're gonna have an expectation of what they want to see from that show so did you feel extra pressure for that reason or was it would it have just been like any other to you?
0: Um I, I kind of thought in that respect, I kind of thought in a way that they might, you know, they just, they're just excited to see wrestling. So it's excited mm-hmm. to see anything. They just want to get on with it. Yeah. So I kind of thought to myself, you know, if anything goes wrong, you know, they're not going to, no one's going to, you know, no one's going to know if anyway. Or like, if anything goes wrong, no one's going to, you know, get up and leave and walk <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, so I kind of thought to myself, you know, if it happens, it happens. You know, not, nothing can go wrong if it's live. You know what I mean? Because you know, if that happens, happen you can't just, you can't control that sort of stuff. No. So um just, yeah, no, I didn't really see it as um, more nerve-wracking that it hadn't been for a while. I was just more nervous about whether or not I got a reaction sure. which was,
1: And there you go. Know. And you did. So that's cool.
0: So that's, so what were the um
1: what were the challenges you would say during you know, while you didn't have a live crowd to perform in front of building your character? Or did you or you because I've heard both sides of this, where guys have really struggled to kind of keep in that mindset while they're not in front of a crowd, but others have really taken that time, you know, to, to, to refocus and be able to bring themselves out stronger. Which, which side of the fence were you on?
0: Um, i probably sit on the side that I can see from, like, a perspective of um, if you've wrestled in front of live crowds before, how you'd feel like oh this is so weird this is so foreign like it's not like a very it's not like a good feeling but for me I didn't know any different so I just thought okay well how am I supposed to get my character over if I've only got eight people to talk to or if you know there's any so I thought to myself well I gotta talk like that's like you know if I'm a bad guy I feel like every bad guy's gotta talk unless you're a monster and unless you're like great carly and you're a monster That's every true. bad guy's got to talk you know yeah. Yeah. so at some point you've got to give you a motivation as to why people need to hate you and i mean it was very easy for people to hate me as soon as they realize that i'm side <laughs> with jace but you know um having that time i felt like unit 10 gave a lot of people a lot of time to build their character i feel like that that hour of wrestling you could have had that there probably like four matches on there. So you got 20 minutes of time to fill with talking or getting your right. point across. Yeah. So like you know, having a three-minute promo talking about yourself and how you know good you are, or how much your suit costs, or something like that, that's going to give some sort of indication and to to say, okay, we hate you. Like we're <laughs> like we like we don't want to get behind you. So I feel like, you know, um, I can see why people would say that they hated it because live shows, you know, uh, working with the crowd, it mm. is very easy to show how much of a bad guy you are, how much of a mm. good guy you are, depending on which side of the things you sit on. But for me, I didn't know any difference, so I just yeah. thought I just, you know, work what I got, improve my character, you know, improve what I do in the ring, stuff like that. And
1: it's worked. So you got to, you got to take that away from it, haven't you?
0: It's yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Cool. Um. The reach academy championship let's talk about that then obviously um for those who who may not be aware you know haven't sort of you know haven't seen much of reach in that just just kind of um let us know how when you you won the title and what does that mean to you having that championship sort of you know where where do you go from there almost
0: mm-hmm. so uh so the title um i remember uh, seen the title for the first time, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's a great belt. I love mm-hmm. that belt. Like, yeah, it yeah, looks good. so good. You know, yeah. like I feel like it's got such a unique look to any other belt. Every other belt's gold or some form of gold. Mm-hmm. You know, but we got a silver, like you know, belt, and it's got just oh, like just the way it looks and all that sort of stuff. I remember the amount of times that I've seen it. You know, at the live shows or at the academy shows or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like looking at it, like that's. That's the goal, you know. Cool. Like yeah. like you've got you've got goals that you set up for yourself. And I was just looking at that yeah. and I just thought to myself, I'm just like that's that's where I want to be. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. where you need to aim towards. Yeah. So just you know, that was driving me to train. At some points it'd be like, Yeah, I'm enjoying this, mm-hmm. but I'm enjoying this so much now that I know that I can do more with this, yeah, you know, yeah. like it went from just Okay, give it a go and see how you feel. To okay, you've given it a go. You know how you feel about it. So now it's time to put in some work and just yeah. put in some training. You know. Yeah. So I seen that belt and oh, that belt means like so much to me. Like when I first won that belt, mm-hmm. like oh, I like it was it was like surreal that I got the belt in the first place. Um, first of January. Um, mm-hmm. is when I got the belt. Um, New Year, New Reach is the episode. Okay. In case I want to check it out on the reach page. Yeah. But um, so when I got that belt for the first time, I was just like, it was almost like a surreal feeling, you know. And that changed the guard that I really, really appreciated. Um, especially since like you look at all the guys that were there like before me, and you know, I I'd, I'd go in there with uh, Joey, who's you know, he's he, he's a really good uh competitor for sure. He, he's probably one of like probably the best wrestler that he got there for sure and getting there and working with him i was just like wow this is like a really cool moment you know like a pass of the torch and yeah. um when that happened just it was like it was almost like it didn't hit me until i got home and i had the belt i was like yeah well i'm taking the belt you know <laughs> i'm like you know i'm the champion you have to have the belt
1: absolutely absolutely you know
0: did you parade but,
1: around with it oh yeah it around the house and stuff oh yeah took really
0: photos it. All sorts. yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> course you have to like that's that's your job you know
1: absolutely that's the dream as well how many of us made our own title belts when we were growing up out of cardboard oh yeah for or sure one of things like you know you uh, had your own one so oh yeah
0: for sure i remember i had um oh god this, this is where i'm gonna get um chewed out for this because i can't remember what type of belt it was um <laughs> it, it, it was the Winged eagle the Winged Eagle yeah belt. like the, the uh, classic yeah. sort of 80s 90s yeah. but yeah yeah, yeah probably the best i had that one. belt I, I must have had that belt for years yeah. you know and um it was so cool just having that you know um that uh, different feeling from when you're a kid and you're putting the velcro on yeah. to finally i'm putting actual buttons on i'm putting <laughs> the metal buttons on the back of my belt that's a, that's really the real cool time, then. yes yeah, that's a cool feeling i'm getting some real gold you know? <laughs> so so that was like a really nice feeling for me but um yeah uh where where do i go from there uh you know where do i go from there i mean i'm so far i'm really happy with the way that we're looking at the tag team me and jace so maybe tag team gold maybe that's the way it goes forward for me and jace yeah you know i I haven't been you know the most successful team but it's not about how successful you are it's how impressionable you are is the way i look at it there
1: you go and you know, your time will come. You, you missed out on the uh, uh, become the number one contenders in, in Tavistock, but you've got a, I understand you, you've got a, a title defense yourself in St. Austell coming up. Yes, cool. St. Yes. Austell,
0: that. uh, St. Austell got a triple threat match, um, against Amadeus and Joe Costa. Should be a really good match. It, you know, what I mean, like, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, just because I mean, Joe Costa, he's just he, he's a beast. You know, like that—that that guy is just—he's he, a definition of being built differently. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I remember there's times where, uh, when we when we do training, we do the fitness test, right? So it's fifty of everything. So you got fifty squats, uh, fifty push-ups, fifty setups, fifty lunges, fifty mm-hmm. mountain climbers, fifty burpees, and then you got to do two runs to the wall and back, right? Right. So that's a lot, okay? So when you, it, it doesn't seem like a lot when you're break it up but when you're doing it for time that's am feeling
1: i'm feeling tired you're just talking about it
0: (laughs) yeah and um one day uh joe was there doing like a full session on sunday you know full training session and um he does a fitness test in the morning session and then everyone's doing the fitness test in the afternoon session he goes oh yeah i'll just do it again no issue (laughs) but that's not even the best part the best part is he does it again he gets a better time in the afternoon than he got in the morning.
1: How does um, that? How does that work? Don't know. Don't know. Some people just, like you say, built differently inside and out. So uh, yeah. Exactly. Wow. And, uh, so
0: and Amadeus as well. You know, like you know, <laughs> he was in my first match. He was in my first match. He was my type partner for the first match. Oh, okay. So.
1: Cool. Cool. So, you know,
0: it should be cool to see how that all turns out, but um, you know, who doesn't love a multi-man match? Who I know, and
1: the the the
0: threat's there,
1: isn't it? Because you don't have to be part of the deciding fall to lose the title. You know, no pressure or anything. If you yeah, don't really know. It, But you know, so but uh, I won't ask for your prediction because I'm probably gonna. You to, know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you're hardly likely to say you're not <laughs> the. Um, no, that would be for, for anyone in St Hostel, That'll be yeah, probably one of the matches of the night. I would say yeah, you know, on paper for, for sure. sure. So cool, cool. So um, this sort of part I like to kind of have a little bit, not a little bit more fun because I've been having fun, but kind of you know throwing a few um a few sort of random questions at you to get a better idea of you. As a fan, as well as a performer. Okay. Um. So again, just a few that I've always got, always got pegged away up there that I'll I'll throw at you. First of all, so yeah, which side of the fence are you at the moment? WWE or AEW?
0: Um, WWE. Um, AEW for me. Uh, doesn't. I have tried honestly. I've tried. Okay, but yeah, you can. You can't not get into you try as what I say. I've <laughs> tried to get into it. The amount of times I've tried watching it, uh, obviously they've got it on uh, What is it? Like, ITV4, I believe. Isn't I think so. i have Yeah. I put that on catch up, so I so I don't watch it live or anything like that. But I'll I'll catch up on a few matches because I know that people say that oh this person's had a classic. I feel like everyone's had a classic almost. Yeah. Uh, on mm. on that show, so I, so I went okay, I'll give him a try, but like there's it's just like WWE, but flip on his head like there's some good and Mm. there's some like bad like but not bad like it's not really bad i just can't watch it i i just just, that doesn't appeal to me you know that's why it doesn't appeal to me that's so um i probably sit with wwe even though even then i don't watch the current product i'll I'll, I'll sometimes tune in on the odds big show but other than that AEW hasn't won you over no no, it's It's just no no, it's just like you know. I was really, I was one of the backers. Like I was, I was looking at them, uh, when they were first talking about coming through, and they were first talking mm. about you know starting their own company. I thought this would be cool. Like this yeah. would be really sick, and you know it will showcase a lot of talent that isn't being showcased at the moment. And yeah. you know, um, everyone wants the Monday Night Wars to come back on again because then the business gets hot shot, and then wrestling becomes cool again. That, exactly, why.
1: and I think I made that point with Jason. Um, that in my eyes, you know, because he asked, do do I think AEW is is competition for for WWE? I think I think it's the best they've had yeah. since WCW. Really, yeah. um, you could beg the question: Are they relying too heavily on bringing in ex WWE stars to draw people in? You know, mm. do they have the depth to be able to keep it going? I
0: don't know, I mean? But. I I I feel like it's you, you got to appeal to. mainstream you know and i feel like you're not gonna appeal to the mainstream by bringing in uh jungle boy and putting a title on him you know that's true Uh, like like people need to understand that character first you gotta build that character Mm. you can't just bring in anyone and just put the title on you gotta build them first yeah even if that means yes they've got uh former history at wwe but i feel like the it's a bit harsh because you've got tna obviously who when they tried to go up for the Monday Night Wars, um, mm. y- y- you had Kevin Nash and Booker T, and, you know, you had all those guys. Mm. And like to an extent, that hindered them because you need those guys, but you can't have them in the picture or the same situation as they were before. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you can't yeah. have Kevin Nash holding TNA world title there. It, it just yeah. doesn't work. You need to do something different. You can't have him hold the world no. title anymore. It, like it, you it, need to be used in a different way.
1: It had moved yeah. on as well. Some of these guys just weren't at their peak. So oh, a lot no. of fans looked through it. I think if you keep putting the title on these guys, you are just, it's, it's you're putting it on their name. You're not necessarily putting yeah. it on anything they've done.
0: Yeah, yeah for sure. Maybe. Like, um, what, like Mick Foley being the yeah. world champion? Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, you know, I love Mick Foley, but yeah. you know, like being a world champion when you're not even mankind anymore, you're you, you, like in 2006, yeah. like, okay, you can have good matches against edge you know in a hardcore match but like you're not gonna draw the number you're not gonna draw the number they're better off really just having AJ Styles for the title for like three or four years really yeah like that's that's the talent that's the guy for you like you've just you've grown this talent from when you first started NWA slash TNA right you started that everyone loves AJ Styles whether he's heel or face he can get over he's he's a great talker yeah. and you can hate him or love him depending on which way you put him yeah but you can't have him lose like Kevin Nash and have him lose to Scott Hall mm. and you know be considered a threat or like you can't have Flair be considered a threat to him in like a world title situation right. you know what I mean you, right. like that's not where they're better suited they're better suited bringing up younger talent from elsewhere exactly yeah so yeah yeah I feel like is the closest they've had to competition for a while. TNA didn't come even close. No. Like like no. it was nice of them to have that moment of sharing the spotlight of Monday Night Wars, but yeah, you could even say that the WWE product at that point wasn't even that good and they were still putting in good numbers. That's it. Yeah.
1: To it's just what so. people are used to, what they feel safe with, I suppose, you know. Yeah if you're given the if you if you're if you're unsure about the competition, you're probably less likely to to check them out when there's something yeah, more
0: established yeah, exactly. anyway. but yeah. having aWS competition at least you can tell that Vince at least goes okay I don't want to I don't want to actually lose so mm. we've got to try something different so he'll still try something different like yeah. you know he's changed he's changed the format of NXT whether you like it or not he's changed it yeah, You know, um, for me, I'm a big fan of Ron Breaker. Obviously, the Scott Steiner connection. Yeah, so I, I'm, I,
1: I'm really, again, I don't watch it, but I'm really quite excited to see that he's in there. I've been very impressed with him. And the fact that he's up there and he's in the title match already, I, you know, they're taking him seriously, which is really good.
0: Just, just hate the fact that they don't want to call him a Steiner. Exactly. I, mean, I do not understand he, that. Like, like, he's, like you've, you've heard all these rumours and, you know, there's all these talk on the news about the fact that he's had his name trademarks so his name's actually rex steiner they've called him rex steiner yeah which is literally your name is the last name is rex steiner that's exactly. your actual <laughs> last name so you've got rex and steiner that's yeah. perfect right exactly. and they go yeah. braun breaker wow. and it's just you know
1: but not only that you could put him and rick steiner in his prime side by side and you'd probably not be able to tell them apart you know he looks no. you can tell who he, he looks just like him he does literally just like him and he's wearing same.
0: the same gear exactly why like, cover that up but like the yeah. thing is he's like like i feel like people want to go straight away and go oh ask us they've got beef with scott steiner wwe doesn't care about scott steiner no. <laughs> like they've got more and more <laughs> things to worry about exactly the fact that scott steiner's outspoken like they've got how many other hundred people it, who used to work for the WWE are outspoken. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's why they're in this business. Exactly. They're Like exactly. larger than life. So yeah. the least of their worries is whether Scott Stein's going to get annoyed about him. using the name <laughs> Steiner. Like they, he's literally their flesh and blood. He's in their family. So yeah.
1: exactly. You know. But you know, why not showcase that you've got, you know, there, there's this guy come through, he's got this pedigree and you've got him, you know, Yeah. but there we go. Anyway, put that one to bed. Um, so the, the next one is, is a little bit of a, it's two questions in one, almost. As a fan, have you got, um, what was your favourite match to watch that you could happily go back to these days and watch again and again if, if you had the choice of one? And as a wrestler, what is one of your favourite matches that you've been involved in, which ranks right up there? Oh,
0: God. Uh, that first one is just, it's really, really tough. Um, why is it have you just won? Why can't you be a top three? I could name you three matches on the top of my head that I would love to. All right, if you could do
1: that right now, I'll bend the rules for you then. Go on. on the top <laughs> three. But out of them, I will say, out of them, you've probably still got to tease one that would be the front runner.
0: Okay, so um, you got, for me, um, one, two, three, kid. Versus Bret Hart for the WWF Championship. Monday Night '94. That's yep. That's yeah. one. Cool. Um, oh god, you, you're you really making me pick. Like you know. That's so a good start. Two, that's a good start. Number two, um, Owen Hart versus the British Bulldog for the European Championship, the final of the tournament.
1: Yeah, I remember that. That, remember that. that match.
0: That match in Berlin for me, just like I. Uh, it's just, it's a stellar. It's just absolutely stellar. Like st- everything they do, all the character work, how, like, it's almost like British Bulldogs are the good guy. They love British yeah. Bulldog, yeah. And then Owen Hart's emulating everything he's doing and he's letting him in the ropes, but he's not letting him in the ropes as good as yeah. how the British Bulldog was doing it. So he's got that heel edge on him. Yeah. Like oh, all those little telling signs. It is you, so cool. You can't compare
1: the quality of the match, I don't think. But it's very, very, it's probably the closest they've come to having. Bret Hart and the British Bulldog from Wembley. Yeah, you know it's yeah, it's almost like sure. a neutral ground, and it's somewhere where the Bulldog is loved, somewhere where the hearts were loved as well. Yeah, um, they were on the same, they were a tag team at the time, so they can't, you know, you you almost couldn't pick sides. Yeah, um, for
0: sure. Yeah, no, that's um, a
1: good that's a good pick. I like, I've completely forgot about that match.
0: And um, like another one, I suppose Kurt Angle, obviously Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit is the one that I choose for number one that I could go back and watch any time, any place. Okay, that for me is just like the intensity and like, you know, the structure of the match and the way that they constantly find like they they can roll from one submission to another. They can go from an ankle lock. He rolls straight through into a cross face. They're literally like, they're the antithesis of each other. Like you got Chris, you got Chris Benoit, who at that point was, he wasn't actually an amateur wrestler. He was just, he was just trained yeah. that way. You know, he was just trained to be intense. And you got Kurt Angle, who's a literal Olympic gold medalists, and they're trying to mat wrestle. And when you got mat wrestling, that's actually intriguing the fans, and the fans are actually cheering for it. That's Mm. when you know you got them because you don't do anything yet, you know?
1: No, no. They they had some classics. Is it that Royal Rumble one you were on about? Would that be your pick? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That one
0: for me was by far my pick. A a close, very, very close second Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. The absolute best opener of all time. Like you can't tell me. There's another opener that's better yeah. than that. That I, was the best opener of all time. Probably give the show,
1: honestly. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I know I've talked about it before, but this is probably still one of my favourite episodes that I've done since doing this podcast was one that I did myself. And I I sort of um, went through 1994 90, as a year. And it was what I loved about it. And the one thing that held that year together for me was Brett and Owen. Yeah. It was like from start to finish, you brought a rumble through to the Survivor Series. You know, it was...
0: Being the jealous younger, you know, nah. sibling, I can relate. I, can relate. The I was, day day. I, 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 was I, I was the youngest in my family, so I can relate to, to <laughs> you Owen know, Hart and stuff like that, you day know. Day. So, you know, um, but honestly, the stellar matches all around. It's um, yeah. And uh, the, the the second point was what was a match that I'm really, really. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. Um. Phew, uh, um. I mean, for me um my favorite match um is probably a pit between two so i'd say um me and eddie ryan in, in uh exeter so live in exeter beach wrestling uh me and eddie ryan that one for me was like i rank that as like that was like a, a really really good match for me sure. like um the way we told the story and how um you know, they, they teased that it was going to be him and Charlie Sterling on that match. Okay. And then, uh, it like, they, they, they built it as a, you know, Charlie, Charlie Sterling versus Eddie Ryan for the belt. And then uh, Jace comes out on the mic and he's like, no, 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 you don't get him, but you get him. And I come what? out and oh. for weeks, for weeks, the build-up was, you know, I we got a one-up on Eddie. We got another one-up on Eddie. And then eventually I had to actually face him on an episode of Unit 10. Mm-hmm. He beats me. Everyone thinks that's the end of that. I come out instead, and everyone just booed. Everyone <laughs> hated it. Everyone That's was crazy. like, why is he here instead? But it, 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 like, you know, and for me, that was just a really, really, like, I really loved that match. Um, and if I had to choose a close second, probably um my match in Holdsworthy. So it was me me and Jason versus Joel Roman and Eddie Bryan. Wow. That match was a good match. I really enjoyed that match.
1: So you, you're really in there with with guys you can learn a lot from. I guess as well. Yeah, to bring me on was, to uh, yeah. just an additional question, then I'll pull you sort of through your reach journey so far. Guys, you've trained with guys, you've been in the ring with. Um, who are the ones that you feel that you may have learnt the most from, or have been most sort of inspirational to you in some way?
0: Uh, what uh, guys I've like wrestled with and stuff like that. Either, either oh.
1: in 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 a training format, um, if you've learnt a lot in that respect, or ones that you've actually been in the ring, tagging with, competing against, whatever
0: uh training format i mean i could break it i could break it down into three segments because you have got now we got jason and grayson and we got uh eddie hmm. uh eddie ryan and i just feel like they all offer something completely different sure. like like if you go to any of their training sessions no one training session is the same as each other like they've all got a different mindset of how it works so yeah. you could go there and do I don't know you could go there and do a sequence that someone like I don't know, say Jason will be like, Yeah, that was that was good, I, 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 I really like that. Go Grayson, nope, change this, change this, change that. Okay. You know, they, they they both got their different style and their different pet peeves. So, you got Grayson, who's you know, you're gonna learn just you're gonna learn like good wrestling, from yeah, Grayson, right? Like yeah. that, that's what he does. He so, just, he, he, you know he puts on great, great matches yeah. like constantly. You got Jason, which is that's when you start putting in your character into it. You start putting putting yourself into it. You start understanding, you know, how you can, let's just say, how you can break things up as a heel or like in the heat, like, you know, how you're going to keep the crowd entertained rather than just putting boots, putting boots and then, you know, the crowd don't want it anymore, you know? Or you got Eddie Ryan who he just teaches that really crisp style that, you know, he, he, he teaches you all the ins and outs that you wouldn't have got from the other guys, you know, mm-hmm. like um, just little changes. He'll be like, don't do that. Do this. And when you do it, you're like, oh my God, why <laughs> haven't I done that for like all this time? Yeah. <laughs> like, How have I not thought about doing that yet? And he was like, yeah, just changes a little bit. Why are you doing that? What and like he gets you to think about things as well. So you're like, right. he's, like what? So he's like, why do you do that? And you're like, I don't know. He goes, Yeah, so maybe don't do that. Maybe change it and just flip on his head. And then there you go. So almost so, like you go down a
1: conveyor belt, almost, you know, you're getting different things. Yeah. And yeah, you as a wrestler from, from three different sides. And then you got like, Yeah, a yeah, exactly. Perfect. Exactly. That's then. from the
0: training perspective. Cool. From a, from like in ring, Um, I mean, Tag, tagging with Jason definitely helps, just because of you know, um, learn how to take the material that we've got and put it into my own. He's sure. you, you know, he's very good at at being larger than life. In case you haven't, in case you haven't noticed from him, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I do get that. yeah. yeah. Um, it a lot from. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, obviously, there's a there's a lot of really good guys in that academy that. Mm. Are just really really insightful. Like, like we got quite a young academy um, in terms of like all the different styles we got. And I feel like as if not one of them has the same view as the other one. I mean, we've had a lot of guys. You got uh, uh, you got Carl Parker, you know, who's mm-hmm. just such a he, like the most hilarious guy in the ring possible. And outside of the ring, you wouldn't put them two together. As like, okay, it's almost like he just as soon as he goes back curtain, he just snaps. He turns into a completely different person. <laughs> That's um, cool. I learned a lot From you know uh, We had a lot of guys Like uh, Danny Steele He used to wrestle with us uh, He was a lot more Tech orientated And you know He had the gum shielded oh, in yeah. And everything like that You got know, Joey Seven Who's just Obviously yeah. Look at him He's just, he's, just he's, a, he's a big big dude Yeah You know But like He can wrestle Just as good as if It was like You know I don't know Like you know, There's a stereotypical Small tech wrestler Right yeah, That's yeah. how we kind of Look at things But yeah. he's a big dude He can wrestle Yeah You know um and then you got you know you got, you, you got your you, the women's division you know uh you got ruby you got echo reed you know you got lauren all of those guys like yeah. they they all offer completely different things and they will all give you your feedback that's why like no one at that unit is afraid to tell you how they feel about what you just did no, no. which is there's, what you need I've,
1: I've got a sense from jason as well there's no one there trying to like put anyone down you know to make themselves look better it's all to make you know as a team as a promotion as, exactly. as you can it's, be. So.
0: It is a family at the end of the day, you yeah. know. It is a family. It's like a real family feel. Mm.
1: Cool. Two more quick questions then. Um I did have them right at the top of my head. So this this is a new one. This is one that's just occurred to me. Again, you're probably gonna think um of right crawl to 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 ask you this. If there's one moment in your wrestling history Um, as in as a fan probably there's one moment that you've witnessed in wrestling since you've been a fan that you could erase completely what would it be uh anything that shouldn't have happened or
0: oh what like um well, like a moment that I've either seen or that I've done myself and I just go... No, either, I don't really.
1: Like. I'm interested in either. But, you know, whichever, whichever is the greater option. I know there's several that I've, you know, seen as a fan over the years that I would be like, you know, my, my enjoyment of the industry would have been a lot better if that hadn't happened or, you know.
0: <sighs> yeah, I mean, obviously everyone loves watching... The matches that, like we know, are bad. You know what I mean? Like there's <laughs> matches where it's like I don't know something ridiculous, like, like Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez, and you're like, "Oh, this <laughs> yeah. would be funny." It is yeah. be funny, and then you watch it, and you're like, "Oh, actually, I, that's made me angry." I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. not <laughs> you know? doing
1: that time back now. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that the 15 minute slog process, I'll never get back ever. Yeah. Um, I can't really. I mean, you know, I've done some. I done a lot of stupid stuff, but I feel like <laughs> it. Yeah. Like you know, I know a lot of stupid stuff in wrestling. I suppose I felt...
1: you're, you're, you know it would be cruel for me to pull out something that you wish you'd never done, because again, <laughs> you know, it's early. It's still early days, but really for me, like
0: there's there's not a lot that like I'm like whenever I make a mistake, I, I never think to myself. Oh, I wish I never did that. I think to myself, I'm glad I did, because I'm glad it happened now rather than later. Yeah, if it happened later, then I would like probably get a lot more annoyed about it. Yeah, when I make a mistake, I don't just get like, I don't just go like, oh, that's a shame. I make a mistake and I really like think about it too much. Right. I like, overthink about things, you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You, you make a mistake and you're like, oh, my God, that was the worst thing in the world. My life <laughs> will never be the same ever again. Just, just and like, but in, re- in reality, it's not that big of a deal. But um, yeah, some of the bad matches I've watched over like the years, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I just think to myself, like, for example, a match which I wish was never a thing um I, i'd go to know we had 2003 the rock and hulk hogan they should not have had a rematch they I'm should with you no no
1: no yeah yeah they seem to push these things that one too far you know i did yeah. that tv series you know they go one series too far yeah you oh, had yeah. An absolutely perfect match at uh, uh wrestlemania
0: 18 it will never live up to it's exactly like like those two as well like Say what you want about how good that WrestleMania match was between Rogan and Rogan, but what they did in the match wasn't stellar. It's it was the feeling you got of Absolutely. two two eras just like like coming face to face. Yeah. And as soon as they were face to face, the crowd were just yeah. so they were ready for it. You know they, they could like,
1: have done anything for ten minutes. Literally, you
0: know? all they did was look side to side, and the crowd was just going yeah. ballistic. Yeah, exactly. it was like if like you would have thought like so something spectacular was happening in there, yeah. and all you do is look out there and they just stood there looking at each other, yeah. you know, and like you'll never get that back ever again. And I know I know what they were thinking. They were thinking that well in that match it was meant to be Hogan being the bad guy, yeah, and then to see the Rock being the good guy. So they're gonna cheer the Rock and they're gonna hate Hogan because yeah. he's old and they don't like Hogan. And then obviously because it's in front of like. The like WWE crowd, they haven't seen Hogan in years, yeah. they've seen him in like, the Hollywood Hulk Hogan and they love it like, yeah. they, like, they they, can't get enough of him they're, he's doing stuff like back raking and yeah. raking Rock's eyes and the crowd are loving it <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, they hate, and the they're players. just hating Rock yeah. they're, just, they're just hating Rock so they're thinking okay, no way out, the rematch You got now you got the Rock actually being a bad guy and Hogan being the good guy now, yeah. obviously like in front of that crowd as well, they're just going to hate it Exactly. Because um, wasn't that then up then, in,
1: um, I don't know if that was up in Montreal. In it was, yeah. yeah. It yeah. was.
0: Yeah. So they're just going to hate it. They're yeah, going to love the Rock beating up a red and yellow Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And then you got, you know, the crowd's crying, uh, chatting, you screwed Brett to Hebner uh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, you know? it yeah is, they were it just is, there for one reason. It just takes away from it, you know. And then um, they do the finish where the ref Tends to be knocked out, but he's not knocked out. And mm. Vince helped The Rock beat Hulk Hogan. It's a little bit too much. It is it's unnecessary. All too much, unnecessary. You
1: know? I I felt for going back to WrestleMania 18 just very quickly. And just remind me of something. I really felt for Triple H and Chris Jericho finishing yeah. the show because on paper that's an amazing world title match to have at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. You will never follow that.
0: Oh mm-hmm. oh no, like so, you, you could put you could put anything on after that it wouldn't have followed. No. And the crowd would just so tired after that match. They didn't yeah. put everything <laughs> into that match, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. And um they, uh, on top of that, they they, they didn't do Chris Cheroker any favors with their with the way that they were making him look as undisputed no. champion, you know. No, but no, they they Hulk Kobe, up. Uh Triple H must win. In. I mean in that situation he must win. You look at him and he's just in such great shape and yeah. You know. the
1: way he came back at the Royal Rumble as well, you oh. knew that sort of but oh, then God. what did they do? They took they they took it off him a month later. We're going down another rabbit yeah. hole here, but you know, <laughs> there we go. Anyway, on to the final question. Now, if you have seen any of my recent, more recent ones, you know how I like to finish these things off. Um, I'm getting more sadistic enjoyment with this one as I go along, actually, to be fair. Um, who would be on your wrestling Mount Rushmore?
0: oh god <laughs> oh right are we talking right we need to break this up into categories right so are we talking um my personal mount rushmore like are we talking like these are the guys that i yeah. watched when i was like younger? are we talking wh- who do i think is most influential to the no, rest of I, I
1: i like this i could go one of two ways but i like it to be a personal thing it's like because everyone's okay. got their own perception of it i think if we went down the route of who deserves to be up there? I mean, we could still be here for days, but we'll probably be throwing oh, yeah. around the same ones. Just, yeah, who who out of your lifetime with wrestling, I suppose, who would you put up there that's, that's most important to you?
0: I was going to say, because this one's the most hard, this one's the most difficult one, because <laughs> the one that I've got set up for, like, what I think is most influential. Oh, is, see. you got Rock Austin, Hogan and Cena. And that's my four for, for sure. like, the business-wise. Okay. But for me, personally... Would I put on my mind. So Chris Jericho has got to be up there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Chris Jericho for me is just you know one of the greatest of all time. Like obviously, he, like people are gonna be you're like, oh, he's one of the greatest of all time. But he's not Steve Austin. I'm like, no, not in that way. I mean, like, like he can come. He can, like he didn't. He had such a great career. I mean, mm-hmm. he still does, but obviously, like, uh, I'm not too sure about his. Yeah, yeah. A bit. I'm a bit iffy of it. I kind of yeah. feel like as if it's you know, but. I, I can't hate him for still wrestling, but, uh, you know. So still
1: entertaining, isn't he?
0: So. Having that like career where he can just shift into anything he wants to be at any given yeah. moment and people love him or hate him regardless. You yeah. can't you can't knock that. No. So That's fair. I'd probably put him up there. Cool. Um I was going like based off of like just me, Eddie Guerrero. Guerrero is probably making it onto the sure. Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Um I, I know I'm gonna miss one. I'm mean, gonna get so annoyed that I haven't put on again.
1: That's what I love these, really putting people on the spot with them because it just t- it just makes you think instinctively then. You know, uh
0: triple H. Triple H for me is no, oh, he's just like, yeah. like I wouldn't say that he's underrated, but he was overlooked in the attitude era because he had Rock and Austin, he had all those guys yeah. on top. That like it wasn't overlooked because he had world well, champion at that point, but like yeah. people look back at that era and they and they think, oh, it was so good when Austin was on top and when Rock yeah. and like know yeah, Rock was there and people they were to realise that Triple H was the bane of their existence the entire time. Like they were always battling. Like, H, yeah, you know?
1: that's true. That's true. I think the way they uh, took Austin out. I mean, I, I know he needed to have the you know surgery and whatever, but when they took him out, just when just after Triple H won the title and then he was away for like a year that probably killed it a bit because you could have done so much more with him. But yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: exactly. But, you know, yeah, uh, I I, just feel like as if Triple H is just like, he's like the ultimate heel. Like you can, like like you have to hate Triple H. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people have over the years, (laughs) mainly for having (laughs) the title for too long or too many times. So, you know.
0: See, that's a, that's a story for another day because I loved his Reign of Terror. I thought oh, okay. I thought you need a world champion like that because when, when you had other people, you know, like coming and going, like yeah. Rock's going to Hollywood, Austin's taking time off, Triple H was always there. And yeah. who else, I, like, realistically is going to beat Triple H? Maybe Booker T, maybe RVD, but at some point he needs the title back just because yeah. he needs to carry the rest of that. Yeah, he's still the star from that. Yeah. bygone era of that know, when no one else was
1: true i suppose it's only just like rick flair was doing in the 80s you know he pretty yeah. much was a constant one with the world title then so yeah yeah you could argue it's just just sort of an incarnation of
0: that yeah for sure um i probably put flair on there now that you brought him up okay. i definitely put flair on my personal just because that's that's a strong i love his promos the like like another one of my, my Matches I can go back and watch is Steamboat Flair from Shy Town Rumble. Yeah, wow. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, but for me, Flair's charisma and his, you know, his value in like character work is what really carries him as the guy. You know, for yeah. the NWA at the time. Like, yeah, he could put on, he could go out and do Broadway whenever he wanted to. Yeah. do an hour long, you know, sit, like you know, match. But where he really had that value was when he was on the mic. He was doing a promo every week. Yeah. Every week he was on there doing a spot or yeah. doing something or dropping an elbow on a suit or something. <laughs> you know? So like you can, like you can't not listen to him. Everything um, he says is gold. That um, brings brings us full yeah.
1: circle back to what we were discussing at the beginning. You know, in terms of yeah. you know the literally. the art of the promo and the you know how important that is to make a heel. So, literally you know,
0: awesome. and then um, I suppose I'll put Gorgeous Gino as my fourth guy. Just yeah. just going back to the fact that I've I've watched, I probably watched like most of his matches. Because I would say most because there's some matches where he was a face, and I'm just looking for him as a heel because he was so entertaining. Yeah. Cool, but, but yeah, I'd probably put those those four guys. That's up a there strong, for
1: sure That's a strong lineup. No, well done. I love just you get a flavor of of who's, you know, who who's been influential, inspirational to people as a wrestling fan. So, yeah, brilliant. Listen. Jordan, we'll have to wrap it up in a couple of minutes, but the last couple of minutes are all yours. You know, let let people know where they can find you to keep up to date with what you're doing, all your appearances that you've got booked that are coming up. Just plug the hell out of yourself.
0: All right, guys, I got a I got a fair few. Obviously, I've got um, you got Twitter. That's at Jordan Spark Seven. Granted, I, I don't use that as much as I should. Mm. I always tell myself I need to use it more. I never do. <laughs> I, don't I, I actually don't really understand the concept. I prefer Instagram. So that's at uh, Jordan Sparks PW. Uh, Jordan Sparks PW, that's my Instagram. And then my Facebook page is Jordan Sparks and then hyphen wrestler. That's where you'll find me. Um, I'm all linked up. So in case you ever uh, message me on one, I'll always message you on another or something like that. Know me. Um, but yeah, those are my. Uh, I think those are my socials. Uh, I, got, I, got, I got a big cartel coming. Uh, I'm looking to get some products out on there. Um, Live show, business. so. I'm in Saint Austell for Reach Wrestling. That's the next one coming up probably. Um, before that, I'm also in OTW. So that's a uh, Mevagissy. In case you're wondering, very nice. Um, other than that, I don't think I'm anywhere near anything for the next couple of weeks but i always put out updates about where i'm going to be where you can see me so if ever you are looking to see more important spots which i highly doubt you'll want to after hearing me for about you know an <laughs> hour and a half, on about anything um, you know i'll always put uh posters out there about where i'm going to be what dates i'm going to be at so in case you're wondering just keep up on my socials cool
1: cool, cool. one final thing to sign off on that i forgot to ask and I just want your most your your gut feeling answer with this one, and I'm going to put you right on the spot. So I do apologize. December the fifth in Plymouth, the Reach Heavyweight Championship match: Charlie Sterling and Eddie Ryan. Who's your pick?
0: Charlie Sterling. For me, for me, it's Charlie Sterling. Just because <laughs> you know, like like that, like that guy, he he he's he great. You know. He's one of the best. And so is Eddie, to to his credit, but I just feel like Charlie's just going to have that edge. I mean, how fitting is it? You know, the first Reach Wrestling show, Charlie Sterling and Eddie Ryan fought on there. Mm. Now, all these years later in December, in Plymouth, you got the same match happening. There you go. I mean, it's just, you know, history repeats itself, as I've I've made a statement to before. There you go.
1: go. So, So keep your eyes on that. Listen, Jordan, thank you so, so much for your time, mate. This has been incredible talking to you, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me. No problem at all.